You're listening to the System Save Me podcast, episode number 203. Today, we're going to be talking about how to set up your small business with SEO. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Jordan, and my business love language is efficiency, because who doesn't want to sip pina coladas on the beach while your business runs on autopilot? We're here to help overworked one-woman shows become streamlined solopreneurs. And now with over 150,000 downloads, this is the System Save Me podcast. Hey, y'all. Super stoked to be sharing with you today somewhat mysterious topic, I find, um, that, again, not a lot of people I see talk about, but the people who are killing it are killing it. And so I'm super excited to try and simplify this topic with you with today's guest. So, Miss Julia, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Can't complain. So go ahead and tell the lovely listeners a little bit about you and your business. Yeah, so I'm going to try to simplify things for you guys. My focus in my business is SEO and Pinterest. My business is called Julia Renee Consulting, and I really do try to focus on easy SEO and Pinterest strategies because I know a lot of business owners just get so overwhelmed with SEO. They think it's, you know, super technical and like, you know, as you said, really mysterious, (laughs) but I promise it's a lot easier to understand once you kind of break things down. So that's what I'm going to try to do for you guys today. Yes, perfect. And so before we get into like your actual strategies, what do your clients businesses really look like before they've implemented SEO? Like what isn't working that they find then SEO is the best strategy for them? Mm -hmm. So I found a lot of times my clients are really putting their eggs in one basket, like with Instagram. I'm on Instagram and I love it. It's great to connect with people. But I mean, all the people that even I follow, I'm not going to hire them. Maybe I'm just, you know, interested in their pretty content or they just have, you know, great tips that I like to follow. So a lot of times that's what people are finding that they grow really big audiences on Instagram and it's great, but not all of them are going to hire them. So by focusing on SEO, you're actually able to target the exact, you know, like keywords and phrases that people are searching for when they search for your services, or if they're searching for an answer to your a question that a course or a blog post or something like that, that you have answers. So it's a really great way to target like the exact people who want to hire you and give you their money rather than people who are just following you for like pretty pictures on Instagram. Yeah, that is true. And I think that whatever social platform you're on, I told I too am like all about Instagram. I really enjoy it. And, you know, it's that whole kind of, I don't know if it's a saying or just like a thing, but just like, you don't own Instagram. We don't own Facebook. We've all seen the posts of my YouTube channel got deleted or Instagram banned me or whatever kind of craziness goes on. And so it's, good to be on social media and SEO is something that is for your website that you own and that you like have the land. And again, your website can go down and like crazy stuff can happen there too. But I find less likely than the social media kind of craziness. So I totally agree with you. I think that again, social media is fun and not everyone there maybe is going to hire you. People Sometimes they're on Instagram to buy stuff, but their mentality more or less is like, I want to learn something or I want to like something or something like that versus buying, which if somebody is searching for you on Google, there's a reason that, you know, one of the most common questions for like target audience is like, what are they Googling late at night? That question is there because people a lot of times are searching for like with buyer's intent. 
So yeah, I totally agree with you. So go ahead and walk us through kind of the different strategies that you suggest for service providers who are really looking to step up their game with SEO or even dip their toe into SEO if they never have before. Yeah. So one thing that is a really big focus for Google, and that's really going to help your potential clients as well, is fixing user experience issues on your website. So a big one that I see all the time is site speed. There are a lot of you know factors that go into Google ranking, but site speed is a big one. And it's also, if you go to someone's website and you have to wait 10 seconds for one page to load, you're probably, first of all, you're probably not going to stick around and wait the 10 seconds. You're also not going to you know click around to a few different pages and blog posts because it just takes too long. So you're just, you know, probably going to leave pretty quickly. So that hurts your rankings for, you know, a few reasons. It shows Google that people don't really think that your site is valuable or your content is interesting. And also you're kind of losing a potential client if they're not sticking around. So fixing site speed, if you want to dig into that, there are some free resources where you can test your site speed. One is PageSpeed Insights. It's run by Google. It'll tell you exactly what is slowing down your site. Another one is GT Metrics, also free. And it's also going to show like the exact speed based on like a nearby server. So those are really helpful for, you know, fixing technical issues on your site, getting people to stay around longer. Also fixing navigation issues. That's a really easy one that you can fix that can just be as simple as changing the names of your pages. So I, you know, work with a lot of people who they try to like have really cute names for like their blog or something like that. But when someone's searching for someone's blog on their website, they just want to see blog. Or like I worked with a wedding videographer who and he had a full page on his pricing, but instead of calling it pricing, he called it info. And it's people don't really know that that's what you know the page is about. So really just making everything really clear, easy for everyone to use, having some good calls to action. So that way people will actually hire you once they land on your site. Yeah. So a quick question about like navigation and site speed and all that stuff. Is there, for example, like WordPress, Squarespace, Kajabi, Lead Pages, whatever your website is built on, does that affect your site speed and all that stuff? Or have you found that that isn't necessarily like related at all? Yeah, it does affect it. So platforms like Squarespace show it. I think Kajabi, they automatically compress your images because images can, you know, really slow down a site. WordPress doesn't have that, but you can get plugins to compress them. But also at the same time, like a platform like Squarespace can only compress your images so much. If it's a massive image, it's still going to affect your site speed. So you still want to make sure like, you know, for images and videos and things like that, you're compressing them before you upload them to your site and then sizing them down even further. I was recently working with someone, she had a Squarespace site and like everything was running smoothly with her site speed, except images. Images were slowing it down by like 10 seconds compared to everything else. Mm. And it's because she was actually using PNG files instead of JPEGs, which are just huge. <laughs> and you, you don't need massive pictures on your site. So having a good, you know, website platform or using a good plugin will help, but you definitely need to make sure that, you know, all your files are smaller and compressed before you even upload them to your site. All right. That's interesting to know. Yeah. JPEGs over PNGs. I don't know anything about file sizes. So that's super helpful to know. Uh, Cool. All right. What else do you got for us? Yeah. So after you fix all these problems, (laughs) (laughs) focus on user experience that you have like great copy that really connects with people. And then, you know, on top of that, 
When you are ranking on Google, definitely want to make sure that you have your title tags and meta descriptions written out. So those just, when you're searching on Google, that's the text that you see, like the you know title of someone's blog post or page, and then the text underneath is the meta description. If you don't fill those out, Google's just going to pull whatever it wants. And I see gibberish all the time. <laughs> like Google's pulling like the names of images on that page for the meta description, or like I even see it's pulling the names of the social media media icons instead of like actual important text on the page. So if someone sees, you know, this meta description that just says gibberish in it, it doesn't look professional. It's, you know, they're definitely not connecting with it because they have no idea like what your business is about or what your services are, who you serve. So that's a really great way to be able to connect with someone is to, you know, really fill in these title tags and meta descriptions with strong keywords and, you know, showing people what your services are and who you serve. So that way you can better connect with the right people once you are ranking well on Google. Mm, Gotcha. Yeah. Actually, one of the reasons that I started my podcast back up had to do with SEO. And I kind of forgot that until you were talking because I just searched System Saved Me and my podcast actually was named System Saved Me before my business. And so obviously the length of time has to do or is a part of SEO. And so like you type in System Saved Me, my website comes up, but then right after that, it is all my podcasts. And I was like, I've been leaking leads for like eight months because I'm not uploading new episodes. This is so hurtful. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good point. Because like having great content can really, you know, you're able to target more keywords, you're able to show Google that you're, you know, active. And also if people are searching for like specific podcast episode topics or specific answers, you know, in a blog post, you can rank really well and, you know, get them in the door that way. So like you said, you could really get some more leads if you're able to like publish content consistently. Yeah. Oh, totally. And so with that, you know, a lot of service providers, I feel like have more blogs and podcasts per se, even though podcasts, you can have show notes. So when it comes to somebody having a blog, is it pretty much the same rules apply to all pages or are there specifics that have to do with blogs or maybe show notes pages that people should pay attention to and make sure that they do? Yeah. So for blog posts, you should definitely be writing longer content than like, you know, you would have on your homepage or about page or something like that. I recommend at least 500 words. If you can get to like a thousand to 2000, that's even better because, you know, you're showing, you know, Google that you have, you know, a lot to say that you're an authority on whatever the topic is. Uh, You're really able to help, you know, whoever is reading this blog post. Like if you just give them 200 words, you're probably not actually answering their question or something. So giving them, you know, more is better as long as you're not just filling it with fluff, of course. (laughs) And then also if you have a podcast or like a YouTube channel or something like that, you can easily turn them into blog posts. I know a lot of people who, you know, have a podcast, but they just leave it on like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. They don't actually incorporate it onto the website, but it's a lot easier for, you know, people to find out more about your business if, you know, they're searching for podcasts or if they, you know, come across your podcast and Apple podcast and they're, you know, trying to find you on Google or something like that. If you have podcast episodes on your website, then, you know, that's a way to get them in the door and they can click around to more pages or blog posts or whatever you have. And then I also like to say, like, for people who are maybe um, hearing impaired, having show notes or summary written out in like a blog post format for either YouTube video or, you know, podcast, whatever you have, that can be a really good way to, you know, still give them the content, even if they're not able to like actually hear it very well on a podcast or something like that. Have you been dying to create a VIP day or virtual intensive offering? 
but are stuck in overthinking everything. You love what you do and how you support your clients, but lately it's become, well, too much. You may even be hitting your monthly revenue goals, but you're left completely exhausted. Yeah, been there, bought the t-shirt and the mug. Good news, I've built my virtual VIP day bootcamp that walks you through the nine steps to create and selling a one day virtual intensive. Grab the podcast only pricing of $37 for this two hour training plus tons of bonuses to build and sell your own one day virtual intensive. Since 2016, I've completely replaced monthly retainers with one day virtual intensives and VIP weekends. So join me and stop dealing with the late night slack pings, lacking control over your own calendar, chasing invoices, explaining scope creep again, you catch my drift. Head on over to systemsamey.com slash pod bootcamp. That's P-O-D-B-O-O-T-C-A-M-P and grab the goods. All right, back to the episode. I've seen, I think maybe it's Amy Porterfield or Pat Flynn who does really long show note pages. I think it's Pat Flynn, but he's also like SEO kind of guy. But his, you go to his show notes pages and they're like a blog slash resources, dictionary slash like freebies galore. I think he used to have it where you have to download his podcast as a PDF, but then I think he went to now they're actually a part of the page. And so like subscribe to, if you have a transcript, add it to the page or say no. Like as a separate page or like in a blog post? Say it's like whatever episode, whatever 200, and you have your resources, your guest information, and then at the bottom it's just a transcript to get more of those words in. Would you say that's good, bad, okay? Yeah, SEO is like a big strategy of yours. It can be really helpful because again, you're giving Google more information about, because you know, Google can't listen to your podcast episode. <laughs> they, they can't like physically hear things. So like they can only read currently that they're getting smarter, but not that smart yet. But the more you're able to give them that, you know, in text form about what you've said in the podcast, that can help them understand your content. You know, again, show that you're authority on your topic and really give them a better idea of what they should be ranking you for. Mm, Got it. Okay. So then also, I'm sure like titling is important in the sense of I've heard H1, H2, H3, H4, and maybe that's getting a little bit into the weeds, but I would like to touch on it in case there are some people who are like, okay, you know, I have done these first few things for Julia. So talk to me about the like heading, I don't know what they're called, but like description to the font. <laughs> yeah. So headings, headers, that's what like the, you know, if you look at the HTML, that's what H2, H3, all that. So H1, that is your title of your you know blog post or your page. So never, ever, ever set anything else as H1 because that's just going to, you know, confuse Google about what the real title is. Mm. So you don't have to like do any code. Once you, you know, write into WordPress at the top, what the title is, it automatically makes that H1. So don't make anything else H1. So then the rest of the headings that is um, helpful for both Google and for people reading your blog post because it helps break up your, you know, blog post by con or by topic. So if you have written a thousand words, you don't want to have just like a thousand words of text. 
no one's going to really read that. <laughs> yeah, help them be able to skim it a lot easier if you can break it up with headings. So the reason that there are different ones, H2, H3, H4, is like there's a hierarchy. So H2 would be like the main topic that you're talking about. And then if you have like a listicle or, you know, you're listing off different tools or different resources, that's when you would, um, you know, go down to like H3 or H4, depending on, you know, what you've used previously. A lot of times, you know, your site will have different fonts or different font sizes set for the different headings. So people are like, oh, well, I want to use H4 because, you know, I like the size better than H2. But yeah, there's there's a hierarchy. So you definitely want to try to stick to it as best if you can. If you've kind of like mixed up H2 and H3 before, like it's not going to hurt you that much. But like, yeah, don't be using H1 for every single subtopic and things like that. Gotcha. I had never heard that before. Um, as far as just like only have the H1 as the like main title. So that's super good. I don't really now it makes me want to go look at my site and see what we're even using. But I like there it I love hierarchies, obviously, and bullets and lists and all that sort of stuff. So that's super helpful just in the sense of knowing that I knew that H1s were the most important, but to know that there should only be really one H1 for the page is like a good I guess, starting point as far as like the hierarchy is concerned and whatnot. And I do feel like people are just like, oh, I like this. <laughs> I like the H3. So that's what I'm doing for everything when some could be H2. So that's super interesting and helpful. So good. Any other strategies that you have for folks who are wanting to dive into SEO goodness? Last one that I'll just touch on briefly is doing keyword research because I've seen a lot of businesses go, you know, one or two ways with it. One, they're trying to target topics that are just way too broad, way too you know, competitive, or they're trying to target topics that are so niche that no one's actually searching for them. So you definitely want to you know, find the happy medium in between like keywords that your ideal clients are searching for that you can actually rank for versus you know, keywords that like are impossible to rank for. So like copywriter, you're never going to be able to rank for copywriter. <laughs> So really try to niche down, you know, who you're trying to serve or, you know, the different types of services that you offer, or like if you have a course, something like that. So you can do just basic keyword research on Google for free. Like if you start typing something into Google, it's going to auto-populate with other suggestions. That way you can see what other people have searched for and what is currently ranking. If you do want to get more technical and use keyword research tools, one that I always recommend is Key Search. I think you get five free searches a day. And then other than that, it's $17 a month, which is not bad for a keyword research tool. But I'll show you the exact monthly search volume that different keywords get. It'll recommend other similar keywords if something is too broad. It'll show the different search trends throughout the year. So hmm. if you know someone is searching a lot more for wedding topics in the summer versus the winter, you'll be able to see that, see what all the competition is, things like that. So it's really helpful not only for like your pages and your services and everything, but also for your blog posts, because it can also give you some really great ideas for different topics to cover. Because if you have no idea where to get started with writing blog posts, this is a great way to see you know, what people are searching for and how you can answer their questions. Nice. Yeah. We'll definitely um, have the link to key search you said is the tool. Mm -hmm. Any other tools that have been helpful for you with your clients this year or that your clients have taken on and use themselves? 
Yeah, some free ones, a Google Analytics and Google Search Console. A lot of businesses will have Google Analytics because, you know, they've heard they need to have it. But Google Search Console is often overlooked, but I love it because it's going to show you a lot of information that is coming from Google directly. Mm. So it's going to show you the exact traffic you're getting from Google, the exact keywords that people are clicking through to find your website. I'm also going to show you if there are any errors like broken links or pages that can't be indexed. So if you really want to be focusing on like SEO, make sure you have Google Search Console because it's going to give you so much valuable information about who's coming from Google. Nice. Yeah. You have an amazing freebie for our audience. Go ahead and tell the folks what it is that they can, if they're like, I just want to know all the things, like how could I get more? Share with us uh, your freebie. Yeah. So if you are interested in blogging or if you want to turn your podcast or videos into blog posts, I have a cheat sheet for SEO. Um, I also have some bonus videos as well. It goes over Google Analytics and Google Search Console. So you have no idea where to start with that. I will help you with that. And that can be found at juliareneconsulting.com backslash freebie. Nice. Easy enough. Like a SEO 101 bundle type thing, which is super exciting. So where else can people find you besides going and grabbing your freebie? So give social media, website, all the places. Yeah. So my website is juliareneconsulting.com. Renee is spelled R-E-N-E-E. My handle on Instagram is the same thing, Julie Renee Consulting. And then I'm also trying to be a little more active on LinkedIn now. <laughs> so uh, you can find me there at Julia Bocchese. Nice. Yeah, we'll have all the links in the show notes. So just click the buttons or click the links uh, if they're in the description and you'll be able to find her. So thank you so much again, Julia, for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I hope I broke things down for you guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the System Saved Me podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or send a screenshot on Instagram while tagging us at System Saved Me.